What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. everybody to another episode of speaking of missing persons before we get started on today's episode a little bit of business uh we have another show speaking of murders make sure you're going and checking that out uh we also have a patreon where we're posting bonus episodes every other saturday and that's linked in the show notes and also linked in the show notes is our socials facebook instagram we're posting pictures up there so if you want to see pictures from today's case go check those out and uh don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our future episodes. All that stuff said, Sarah is telling our missing persons case today. Who are we talking about? Uh, We are talking about a 13-year-old girl named Tabitha Tudors. Okay. So this is the case that some people believe is linked to the girls we talked about last week. Oh, okay. The, The three girls? Yeah. It was Shannon, Heaven... And Teresa, the girls that went missing from trailer parks. Yeah, that's right. I remember now. That were 11 years old. So that's one difference is Tabitha is 13 when she went missing. So Tabitha was a straight-A student with perfect attendance at the Bailey Middle School in Nashville, Tennessee. She was a typical 13-year-old girl that loved her family but sometimes had a smart mouth and complained about her life. You know. Sounds like puberty. a pretty, pretty normal 13-year-old. She often was in charge of babysitting her older sister Jamie's kids. So her sister is uh, eight years older than her. Okay. So it's like a mine and Shauna type of relationship. So she's 13 in charge of babysitting her nieces and nephews. Yes. She was super active in her community and her neighborhood, like described as the same kind of way as Shannon, like helping out elderly neighbors. She would go to church with friends. She sang in the choir. She really liked to do anything that involved the church. Okay. I think that's where most of her friends were. She also was described as having endless energy, so kind of hyper. She enjoyed watching horror movies with her friends and hanging out with her family, which her family consisted of her mom, Deborah. Her father's name was Irvin, but they called him Bo. Her sister, Jamie, and then she had a brother named Kevin. Jamie's boyfriend had also lived at their house at some point. On Monday, April 28th, 2003, so this is after the other three girls, Tabitha met with her friends at school. She asked one of her friends if they would come to her house the next day to help her babysit. She just didn't want to do it by herself. After school, she went with a friend. 
and her friend's family to a softball game. They said she was her happy, normal self. That night, like many other nights, she slept at the foot of her parents' bed on a pile of pillows and blankets. Because even at 13, she was kind of scared to sleep in her room alone. Well, just because she's watching all those scary movies. Now, her sister slept in her room that night. Don't know why. Don't know if it was like needed a break from the children. I don't know. At 6 a.m. on Tuesday, April 29th, her mom left for work. And her dad woke Tabitha up at 7 a.m. to get ready for school. He then left for work a few minutes later. Her bus usually ran at 8.05. So she was supposed to get up, get herself ready, go to the bus. Jamie said Tabitha was already gone when she woke up, and the two never spoke to each other that morning. So usually she would leave her house sometime after 7.30 to head to her bus stop. For some reason that day, she did not take her backpack, but she did take her most recent report card. Okay. Neighbors reported seeing her walking towards the bus stop that was located at the intersection of 14th Street and Boscobble Street. This was like a 10-minute walk from her house, and she took the same path every day, like nothing out of the ordinary. 10-minute walk to a bus stop? Oh, that seems My a bit long. was a 10-minute walk. Right, I feel like that's a bit long for a walk to just the bus stop. Yeah. Don't know. Said it was, was a it, 10 minute walk. Was it like an actual school bus or like a normal bus stop that she took to school? It was a normal bus stop. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Well that Yeah, that makes more sense. I'm like a normal, like an actual bus, like a school bus bus stop is typically the nearest corner. No, it was like an actual bus. I see, like public transportation yes. bus. Okay. okay that, Got it. Okay. That makes way more sense. Some neighbors that saw her pointed out that she was looking at some papers she was carrying and didn't really seem to be in any kind of hurry. The last time she was seen by anyone was at 7.50 a.m. She usually arrived home from school by 4 p.m. When she did not arrive by 4.10, her mom started freaking out, thinking that she might be like outside somewhere talking to friends she like walked the route her daughter would take to the bus stop to see if she was anywhere on that route and she didn't see her anywhere so then deborah drove to the school okay some reports say she couldn't get inside the building and others said she did get inside but she couldn't find anybody to talk to Either way, she went back home to wait for Bo to get off work. He got home at 5, and then they drove back to the school. This time, they saw a maintenance man, and he told them that there were kids, like, in one of the rooms, like, doing an after-school activity, and maybe she was in there. So they went there. She was not there. This is when they find out that Tabitha had not shown up for school at all that day or even got on the bus that morning because at this point when she's not in the room they find someone in the office who tells them 
no, she was never here today. That's Remember? strange that they never got a call for any kind of attendance. Yeah. That doesn't make any fucking sense. And, I mean, she has perfect attendance, so... What year was this? Uh, this was in 2003. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. 2003. And she had perfect attendance. So by 6 p.m., her parents called police, who arrived 45 minutes later. As they do. Right. They're like, not in any kind of hurry. They did launch an investigation into Tabitha's disappearance that afternoon, but they thought she was a runaway. Of course. Uh, of course they did. They had already lost 10 hours since she was last seen, and this thought process set them back even further. Like, she's, I don't know, it just pisses me off. Like, why not even try? Yeah, run away or not. Right, she's 13. Well, they also refused to issue an Amber Alert and were on record saying that she was just a troubled teen who left home. Of course they did. And like I said, she had perfect attendance. And her family and friends did not believe she would run away. Like, she was very close to her mother. Super close. Like, how your oldest is with you right now. Like, you know, when you're going through the the puberty phase and, like, you have a million questions and... Right. Yeah. You don't understand your hormones, so you're just like, Mom, hold me at all times. Right. She was showing no signs of emotional or mental distress, and there was no abuse in her home. Like, no signs of abuse. What reason would she have to run away? She also left behind all of her belongings. Like I said, she only left that day with what she was wearing and her report card. Which that is, that's kind of strange. That's weird that she would take her report card. That she wouldn't take her backpack, like took nothing at all with her is very weird. That is, that is like, I could see that pointing to run away. Not so. really. You would think that if she was going to run away, she would have taken stuff in her backpack, just left her books. Unless she was like severely devastated or like completely disappointed in herself by something on that report card. But everything I read said she had straight A's. So I feel like it was more she was taking it to show someone. Like, look how great I did. I don't know. Either way, police eventually stopped believing she was a runaway, and their current theory was she was abducted. Okay, but you've waited well past 10 hours to decide that. The family does not believe police really gave Tabitha's case much attention or effort, which... They kind of didn't. They did search the neighborhood and surrounding areas in a five-mile radius, and they also put out a bulletin on the 10 o'clock news. Family and friends, volunteers, and police continued to comb the area for several weeks, but they found nothing. So to this day, they found not even a trace of her, not even one thing that would lead them to finding her and police have not officially named a person of interest but they do unofficially have quite a lot of persons of interest they just have no evidence to tie them to her disappearance so things that have been released to the public about the case 
are that she was last seen at the intersection near her bus stop 15 minutes before her bus was due to arrive. So she would have been at her bus stop for 15 minutes, which is plenty enough time yeah. for somebody to take you. There was an 11-year-old boy that was waiting at the bus stop. He said she walked down the hill from the bus stop and a red car pulled up beside her. He said he could not tell if she got in the car willingly or was forced. And then the car reversed and went back up the hill in the direction of their school. So police cannot confirm this claim, though. It's just his word. But they did take canine units and the dogs did track Tabitha sent down the hill, back up the hill, and then they hit a dead end at an alleyway. And the description that this boy gave of the man driving matched Jamie's boyfriend at the time. Oh, that would make it seem a little more credible. Yeah. Like I said, he had lived with the family. He knew Tabitha's schedule. He had gotten off work that morning at 7 a.m. And according to things, would have had plenty enough time to be in that area. Now, other reports say, no, he wouldn't have had time to get to that spot. Which one is right? I don't know. Well, if he got off work at 7 and her bus didn't run until 8.10, but she was there 15 minutes early, I think he would have had plenty enough time to get to her. Yeah. Did he drive a red car? Yes. Mm, Shocking. Mm, Sounds... It sounds like like an 11-year-old boy is credible. Yeah, it sounds like it's pretty cut and dry. He did become more suspicious when he did not participate in the search for her. He was never named as a person of interest by police, though, and Tabitha's family believe him. They don't believe he was involved. The little boy's description of the man he saw pick up Tabitha was a black male between 30 to 40 years old wearing a baseball cap. He was driving a red car. Now, years later, another man came forward and said he saw a green car that day. And another tip said that they saw Tabitha talking to someone near a green Mustang. Both tips were given after a story was run on the news, like five years after she disappeared. So are those really credible or were they just trying to... Get attention. Get attention. Neighbors that lived across the street from Tabitha's family. Okay, this is messed up. Okay. So there was a family that lived literally across the street from her family. Their names were Timothy and Kimberly Oldham. They were arrested on May 16th, 2003. So not long after she went missing. Because their son walked in on them assaulting an underage girl. The fuck? The two of them together. Kimberly had forced the girl to strip while Timothy was attempting to rape her. When their son walked in, the young girl was able to escape. And their son called 911 on them. Good. Holy shit. Police never publicly said there was a link 
between those two cases either, but they did, it was like the same situation. Like they looked into them as possibly having something to do with Tabitha, but they had nothing to go on. Another two non-official suspects were a man named Millard Earl Smith. He was a sex offender that lived in the neighborhood and was charged with attempting to assault a boy from Tabitha's school. And he also went to prison for raping a woman he had kidnapped from that bus stop that Tabitha was last seen at. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, that uh, that's a nice little neighborhood there. Yeah. Now, a man named Leslie Paul Duke, also a sex offender that was arrested for... He was arrested for sexually assaulting his own four daughters. He also lived in that neighborhood. Honestly, the thing that sticks out to me the most is that couple and the sister's boyfriend potentially working together, him picking her up because he's familiar, and then taking her to that couple. I don't know. I feel like they would have just taken her themselves. I don't know. Either way, there's literally nothing to tie any of them to Tabitha. They have nothing, like not even a hair. And on October 30th, 2003, a truck driver and a hotel worker in Linton, Indiana, reported that they saw a girl that looked like Tabitha. They told police she was with a man and another teenage girl and appeared to be upset and frightened. Police looked into this tip, but nothing came of it, obviously, because by the time they got there, they were gone. In 2005, police became suspicious of Jamie when four out of five lie detector tests she took came back inconclusive. The family does not believe she was involved, and like I said, they don't believe her ex-boyfriend was involved. Others believed it was weird, though, how much she defended her boyfriend at the time. Like, she... 100% was like, hell no, it wasn't him, backed him completely, and I think it was another one of those, like, they thought they were being attacked because they were an interracial couple. In February of 2020, police announced the possibility that Tabitha was abducted and trafficked into the sex trade. Uh, Detective Stephen Jolly told News 2 that many tips have come in from the beginning that suggest Tabitha was abducted, drugged, and forced into prostitution. So they've been getting tips since she went missing, like people seeing her or people knowing things, if that makes sense. We'll, we'll get into it. So this area, I mean, obviously you can tell by the neighbors, is, like, big crime spot. And not far from there is another big crime spot. And it was, it's called Bon Aqua. It's like a farm that's surrounded by forest. It included, like, six acres of land and an abandoned house. So 
police searched this area in August of 2020 because they got a tip that the dude who owned this area named Albert Franklin Jr. was involved with Tabitha's disappearance. And he also owned a nearby trailer park. So this is where the trailer park comes in. It was a place where a lot of people reported seeing Tabitha around the time of her disappearance. But they f- they searched for two days and they found nothing. But they said they still couldn't rule out the theory that she was there somewhere. Like being hidden. Well, I mean, it makes sense. You know, there's probably a relatively decent amount of uh, mobile homes in there and getting legal permission to search all of those uh, I'm assuming would be practically impossible so yeah being able to definitively say she's nowhere in this trailer park would be well yeah because if it's like a a thing then they could just pass her back and forth technically but people reported like seeing her working on the strip in Nashville so it's believed that she was sex trafficked. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. No. I mean, and at that point, it was huge. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein was still in full swing. There were all kinds of shit going on with with trafficking. Yeah, there still is. I'm not saying that there isn't. No, I'm saying, like, yeah, and it only seems to be getting worse, not better. I have no idea, but... Yeah, at that point, I mean, a lot of people who are now advocating to expose this and all that, like Ashton Kutcher, that kind of activism wasn't going on at the time. No, it wasn't. And so catching anything like that was that much harder at that point. Yeah, it was. And it's just crazy to me that a lot of the sightings of her and stuff have been in the community still like they didn't take her and ship her somewhere ship her somewhere else like she's literally been spotted in this trailer park that's in Tennessee she's been spotted on their in their red light district that's the crazy part to me now this place in Indiana that she was spotted at the truck stop is literally a straight shot from where she was abducted to this trailer park or the truck stop so people lean more towards that sighting was more real because it would have been like a straight drive they would have just had to hop on the highway and right there's nothing saying that both can't be possible right well at the time of her disappearance tabitha had blonde hair blue eyes she was five foot one and weighed a hundred pounds Her ears were pierced, she had a scar on her finger, and a birthmark on her stomach. She also had freckles. She was wearing a light blue shirt, mud blue jeans, Reebok sneakers, and a blue jacket. If you have any information to help find Tabitha, please call the Nashville Cold Case Team at 615 862 7329. All right. Well, 
If you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Leave us five stars. Share it with your friends, your family, coworkers, whoever, so we can get this story out to more people. And if you have a case you want to hear on the show, send it to speakingofmissingpersons at gmail.com. Does anyone have any final thoughts on this one? No. I don't no. I don't think this one was related to the other three, personally. No. I don't either. I think this was a trafficking situation. Yeah, and two of the other girls were murdered. I mean, one is still missing, but yeah, I don't think they're related. All right. Well, we will see y'all back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.